Hello and welcome to the Blind Gamer Podcast. I'm Steve and I'm blind and I like to play video games. Uh, so this is actually kind of a first for me. I'm recording this slash streaming this on Twitch. It's my first time actually recording a Blind Gamer Podcast uh, on Twitch and I've kind of done this kind of little fun little setup. Uh, I hope you like it if you are here watching. Thank you so much for watching. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of... I'm excited. I'm excited to kind of get back into the swing of things when it comes to the podcast because I've been wanting to be able to jump into it. Um, a little bit kind of about sort of what's been happening lately. Uh, of course, if you haven't know, uh, known known by now, uh, unfortunately, I have lost my uh, my job recently. And I've been trying to sort of figure out kind of what my next uh, sort of move is going to be. But what's been helping in my mental health is kind of like working on a little bit of the blind gamer stuff uh, and mostly uh, my YouTube channel and just streaming on Twitch here. Uh, I became a Twitch affiliate, so I'm excited to kind of really get down and dirty in regards to live streaming. So I'm excited. Uh, and then also, uh, like kind of my mental health has kind of been like been improving quite a bit because of... Um, sort of the like uh uh just playing video games and i'm really really excited to uh to <laughs> uh so if you if you're listening to this on, on the audio form uh, T, like t monster with my buddy t morris uh he says oh my god oh my god it's mike here steve i'm your biggest stalker fan fan biggest fan <laughs> oh t <laughs> shouldn't you be working <laughs> uh so i'm i'm what's been helping my mental health in in sort of this sort of time period where I'm just not sure where I want to be able to end up next, uh, essentially uh, is has been uh, playing video games. And I've been playing quite a bit of it. And today, in today's podcast, I'm actually going to be talking about uh, sort of my time playing two very different demos, but also similar in regards to genre slash play style. And I'm really excited to be able to kind of talk about today. Uh, but first, before we get into that, I want to sort of talk about uh, what I have been playing lately, uh, and as I pull up my notes, uh, hey T, good to see you. Uh, Pip and I are watching. Oh, awesome! Hi Pip, how are you? Good to see you here. Said it looks great. Thank you. Uh, I, I I put a lot of uh, pride in sort of the, the the graphic design background that I have, so something that looks like a professional quality uh, stream. That's what I want to try to do. <laughs> um, anyway, so what I've been actually playing lately, uh, I'm playing actually four games. Obviously, Anthem and Division. I'll get into those two in just a sec. Uh, but I've been playing, obviously, Far Cry 5 and Destiny 2. So those are a little bit of older games, which is great, obviously. And uh, for the of T watching, uh, yes, Destiny 2. Uh, he's a huge fan. We've been, uh, if you don't know, on Twitch.tv, uh, both on Blind Gamer Steve and the Team Monster, uh, every Tuesday night, uh, we've actually been streaming uh, Destiny 2. He's been helping me. Call, we call it Blind Leads the Blind, and he's been helping me go through the campaign of Destiny 2. And uh, we're actually going to, tonight, uh, as of uh, streaming this, uh, on Tuesday night at 8 p.m., we're actually going to jump into the to Forsaken for the first time. And I'm really excited about that. Um, what it's been, what's been funny, though, is playing the Des in, in Destiny 2 uh, is, it, it's sort of like, at, it, I actually honestly have seen my FPS skills have been improving. It's not something that, uh, that I was really good at at all. 
for a, like the longest time, I was terrible at FPS. I, I always avoided anything Call of Duty or even Halo. I loved Halo and I loved playing those games, but anything multiplayer was so rough for me. But Destiny 2, what I like, it's that it's still a multiplayer game, but essentially I can be able to just kind of go solo if I wanted to. And I was playing quite a bit of it uh, this past week, and it just I've been grinding up my character. So I'm if you if you're playing Destiny 2, if you know Destiny 2, I'm playing a warlock. I'm a level four. 43 Warlock now, uh, power level 458. I'm excited. And so that should be enough, uh, according to T, should be enough to be able to play Forsaken. So I'm excited to be able to, if you're if you're watching this, streaming it to, uh, uh, tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'll be playing Blind Leads to Blind. Or if you're listening or slash watching this later, uh, I do it every uh, Tuesday night. Uh, obviously, any sort of situations willing, uh, if anything comes up where T and I actually going to be playing every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. where we go jumping through Destiny, and it's called Blind Leads the Blind, and it's a lot of fun. Um, but I've also been kind of jumping into Far Cry 5 quite a bit. Uh, I was playing it actually for uh, full disclosure. It was... Uh, I recently, uh, in the end of last year, I consulted with Ubisoft uh, in regards to accessibility, and one of the games they wanted me to be able to try, to be able to try out, was Far Cry Five. Mostly, it was they wanted me to kind of like be familiar with their most recent franchises, so that I can actually be able to uh, sort of talk about what were the barriers that we had in playing that game. So, Far Cry Five was a game that they provided for me, and I've been jumping into it because the new. Uh, DLC or the new sort of, I guess, uh, Far Cry 5.5, if you will, is uh, coming out uh, the, uh, co very soon. If I remember correctly, I think it's coming out next week. Uh, and so the I'm, I was given a code for Far Cry New Dawn, um, and it's sort of set uh, later after the story of the uh, far the story of Far Cry 5 so I've been wanting to be able to kind of jumping back into it again to be able to finish the game because the, the, honestly the trailer kind of spoiled exactly what happens at the end of the game so I'm like oh great now I know so I, I want to be able to kind of catch up so I can actually be able to play it and hopefully if I can be able to time it out correctly and be able to finish the game soon I can actually be able to uh, stream it live because uh, there, the, there's certain guidelines I have to meet but it's like I can I can stream it live on my channel uh, as of February 13th so I'm hoping actually to be able to um, so I can actually be able to like in, enjoy, uh, like I can actually jump into New Dawn very quickly. So hopefully I can finish it. I'm almost done. I'm like three quarters of the way through. And if, if, you, if you know the game, if you played the game, I've kind of completed two of the three areas that I need to. I'm about halfway through, almost three quarters of the way through the third area. And then there's the last little bit uh, that's part of the end game of it. Uh, and thank you so much, Unicorn, for joining, <laughs> for joining in, even if you're just lurking. I appreciate it. Um, so... That's kind of honestly been the games that I've been playing. Uh, but what... Now, get jumping into what uh, I'm going to be talking about today um, is sort of the tale of two demos. Anthem and The Division 2. They both had demos that were uh, private and sort of public uh, for Anthem and private for uh, Division 2. And they're actually, they just announced, I think today, that the open beta for the Division 2 is going to be coming out, uh, or is going to be starting on March 1st. March 1st to the 4th, if you have a code for the Division 2, uh, or if you're able, if you pre-ordered it, you can be able to jump into the open beta of the Division 2. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to be able to kind of jump back into it again. Um, and that's not sort of a recommendation for Division 2, but I'll get into that in a second. So there's been very two public betas that had happened, and uh, there's been a lot of sort of talk on on both that uh, I'm going to be talking about today in regards to the accessibility side. Um, but uh, honestly, it's 
so first up, let, let's just jump. Let's just jump into the anthem. So the anthem had a VIP and a public demo, uh, basically two weekends, two weekends uh, apart. And I was uh, because I actually had pre-ordered anthem. Uh, EB Games called me up and said, "Hey, you have access to the VIP demo. Here's a code." I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool. I would. I'm interested in jumping into that." And so, so I, I I tried it out. And I tried to be able to stream it because, of course, trying to be a, like a, a good Twitch streamer, uh, I wanted to be able to at least kind of enjoy it and see what it was like uh, accessibility-wise, but also gameplay-wise. Because I was excited about Anthem because it's made by Bioware, and I enjoy Bioware games a lot, even though Mass Effect kind of like sort of went a little bit downhill uh, with Andromeda. I'm actually wanting to be able to jump in back into Andromeda because I never really gave it a full chance, and I feel like I've kind of improved as a gamer and my skill level, so I want to jump in back in, and so maybe the enjoyment factor actually can be able to increase just because it's it, I've, I've, I'm have i actually able to enjoy a little bit more and the difficulty's not so uh, hard for me to be able to jump in. So Bioware, I've been a fan of Bioware pretty much going back as far as Star Wars, A Knights of the Old Republic, so I've always kind of given Bioware sort of the... The, I just know that their story is really, really good, and their RPG mechanics um, are really amazing. And I was excited about Anthem because it seemed like it was kind of like a cross between the things that I was enjoying. Destiny 2 with uh, crossed with a sort of their Bioware sort of ma storytelling magic with Mass Effect. And then also you had the ability to be Iron Man and you had like your own javelin suit that you really kind of just rocket through the environment. Um, and But when I jumped into Anthem, I found it rather difficult to play, uh, mainly because I uh, could. Uh, it, it was there's accessibility issues, and then there's also server issues. Now, I'm willing to forgive server issues and and bugs because it happens in a demo, uh, and I, I I totally understand that. However when a specific bug that prevented me from actually playing the game altogether where it would I would load up a mission and it would go through the loading screen and essentially would just sit there for like I had it actually sitting there at one point for 45 minutes and it not doing anything and the problem was because at the time I didn't have a PC to stream, so I was streaming off my PS4, and in order for me to be able to kind of continue streaming, I would have to turn off the stream and then get out of the game, go back into it, start the stream up again, and then hopefully it would work. And sometimes it did, sometimes it didn't. And that would just became frustrating in and of itself, so I... I was only able to play probably about three, four missions. And I was unfortunately unlucky because there was a few of my friends who actually got to play more and actually got to level up and get to a little bit, enjoy a little bit more of the story. I think also as well, it was because they kind of had a squad, whereas I was kind of doing solo. So there was a kind of a few people that were playing it. So I don't know, maybe the multiplayer mechanics was a little bit more bug free than solo mechanics. But it was rather difficult uh, to be able to kind of uh, jump in. Uh, Team Monster says preach. Yeah, um, and, and, and yeah, I, I agree. It was it was rather difficult. Uh, plus, as well. So, in regards to the accessibility side of things, um, it's so. Here's my problem with with EA. They have an amazing accessibility uh, guru, Karen Stevens, who works for EA. She works uh, has been working mostly on the EA Sports side. So if you jump into Madden, if you jump into FIFA or MLB, they 
are, the accessibility features are so robust in there because Karen Stevens has been working hard on that. I don't know if she had any influence in regards to building Anthem because it was it's an EA game, but it's a Bioware-made game. So I don't know how much specifics uh, she was able to kind of consult on that side. Unfortunately, the accessibility options are not that great or robust. Um, subtitle font size. Let's just jump, like let's just jump into the actual features that I was sort of gleamed from uh, from the game. Uh, the subtitle font size. Uh, it was hard to see. Even like you had the options to be able to increase the the to large font size, uh, and also to had turn on the speaker tag that was kind of on by default. And also, uh, you can I guess you can also have the background be a little bit more opaque so it's not blending into uh, to the environment too much. And you also had speaker tags so you can be able to know who was actually talking uh, to you. The problem was is that the subtitle font size only had like two. They had like three sizes: small, uh, normal, and large. And the large wasn't really that great. It was fine when you're in Fort Tarsus, like when you're in, when you're interacting with the characters. It was actually honestly okay. Um, and the speaker tag, it took a little bit to get used to, only because the characters speak uh, that were talking, you weren't sure who was who. So, but once you kind of got used to who was speaking and, and kind of recognizing, oh, that's this character instead of uh, it, 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 just trying to figuring out just based on the speaker tag alone, it was. It was fine. However, when you're out in the environment, you're actually out doing missions, It the subtitles blended into the background a little bit too much, and it was a little bit too small for me to be able to see. Uh, it, it was it was quite unfortunate, and uh, I, I felt like I missed out on a lot of the story side of things because of the subtitles, because sometimes I couldn't be able to hear it properly. And this is not just in regards to just me being a blind gamer. I know that deaf and hard of hearing uh, gamers rely on subtitles so much that... It's it, because of the font sizes may be too small. It, 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 it takes them away from the mission, and when you're hearing important information and uh, to be able to complete the mission, it's it, it, it was too it, it was too hard to be able to kind of read in certain environments. Um, and also, I think because so there are some, and, and I am not an expert in regards to the new. Uh, there are some new accessibility guidelines that have, that were put in place actually as the beginning of this year for video games that they had to. Uh, uh, comply with uh, in regards to text chat uh, for hard of hearing, um, and uh, while uh, while Apex Legends does it really well, um, which is also a game that I have been playing, uh, but I w I don't want to talk about it too much because I haven't really had a chance to dive in really fully into it. But it Apex Legends has a great text uh, to chat uh, or speech to text feature where essentially when you're typing, it'll actually translate the the text into narration voice, and uh, so that at least your squad can be able to hear or sla uh, hear what you're saying or and they also have an amazing ping system that you can sort of just kind of quickly tap a button and it will ping what the uh, a certain uh, message to your squad mates so that whether like if, if you're looking at a if, if working on a cache uh, like of weapons that are available or um, you you've spotted an enemy or there's just a several kind of preset settings that all you have to do is just tap a button and there's like a little uh, radio wheel that essentially you can choose specific things and I haven't gotten better at it like fully yet but it's it allows you to sort of eliminate a lot of kind of voice over IP with te uh, with text. Um, El Unicorn says it was just too difficult for me to be able to uh, play. Maybe if someone helped me, it might actually be a good game. Um, yeah, I agree. Jumping back into Anthem, unfortunately, it doesn't have any text chat. It just has voice over IP. 
So my my theory in regards to why they didn't sort of comply uh, comply with those uh, with those guidelines is mostly because Anthem has been in development for a lot longer, and I think if they were able to jump into those uh, those features early on in development, it would be something that would be very easy to be able to kind of add in later on in the development process. And that's the problem with developer AAA developers, especially like several years ago, it wasn't really accessibility wasn't something that was kind of brought up at the beginning process. So a lot of games that are going to be coming out within this year might not have the accessibility features that are kind of um, not necessarily required but like should ha like have at least some sort of guidelines w uh, within the game itself um, and so it might be hit or miss is de depending on when uh, how early the accessibility features are built into the, into that process um, it does now uh it does, Anthem does offer colorblind mode, but I didn't play around with it too much to know whether it was just an overall filter that kind of goes over top of the game or it actually changed the UI to match that colorblind uh, spectrum. Uh, it's, so I didn't, it, it, like, and a lot of games actually kind of do that. I know that uh, Fortnite, they actually just have like a filter that kind of goes across the screen uh, that helps with, uh, in regards to, in regards to actually like, like, uh, it, it, with the colorblind aspect of it, um, which is fine. It sort of adds like this kind of like this sort of funny or funky like Instagram filter, if, if that's a good way describing uh, aspect of it, uh, it over the screen and it can help some. Uh, I, I haven't actually, I want to sit down with my friend Andre who actually is, a, who actually is colorblind. And I want to kind of see, try out a few different games and see which games actually work better when it, uh, in regards to colorblind mode uh, that have been, uh, those features have been added into the game. Um, it was also um, it was also hard to be able to actually see enemies as well um, because you kind of have it's sort of like a, not necessarily like a like a cover like a, a run and cover kind of game like as Division Two is. They're all like it, it's it, when you, enemies are off in the distance. You can only I can only tell who was who based on the health bar of that was above each person. And also you can be able to see the player's name above the player that's in your squad. But any other enemy, it was kind of hard to difficult or, or it was difficult to see from a distance. And I find that's kind of a that's that's kind of a given in a lot of games. Um, it's very rare that they'll uh, a games will have like an option where it's sort of like it kind of like there's a little bit of a glow around an enemy or it just sort of stands out from the environment itself, but a lot of times the Enemies are just kind of blended so much into the environment that it's difficult to see from a distance, and so I have to generally get close. And uh, uh, even though I, I, I play like I would a tank when it comes to playing a game, I generally prefer a ranged player uh, it, because I like that sort of like I can go, go back and forth into sort of jumping in pretty close and then jumping back away if I need to. Um, so I'm... Yeah, I'm not great at it yet, but I'm I am getting better. Uh, and actually, I find that funny enough that the Division Two actually does have a pretty good um, sort of functionality. Where the, I, I don't know whether it was sort of built in uh, or not, but actually, I find that actually the, the enemies at a distance are a lot easier for me to be able to see than. Uh, than actually other a lot of games. I don't know if it, maybe they just sort of brighten up the characters' uh, models a little bit more uh, against comparison to the environment. But uh, for the most part, I'm actually able to uh, see uh, the enemies quite well. So I don't know if maybe it's sort of like I need a hybrid of uh, like Assassin's Creed or a Far Cry, uh, like with the highlights of the enemies, or if I need to like like if Destiny Two actually kind of purposely put that in there uh, to enjoy it. Hold on, I need to take a sip of water. I've been talking for quite a bit. I am out of practice. 
Oh man. <laughs> I'm so used to, to, to sort of just kind of editing out that aspect, but when you're live streaming, nope, can't go past that. <laughs> so, uh, also it, it was, uh, matchmaking in regards to Anthem while fine, I had trouble actually keeping up and the game would force you back in the mission area after 15 seconds of being far enough away. That to me was, it almost felt like it was punishing me because I wasn't able to keep up with my squad. Um, it, in the squad, I kind of like, I, I didn't jump in with, a, with any of my friends. So I was really trying to build a match and make me uh, to, to certain people that were playing that specific mission. And whenever, like they would kind of go off in the, in, in the distance and actually be able to get into the mission area. But I found that when, like, because I was still trying to figure out the environment of where to go and uh, like, even you're able when you're flying around your your cooldown of your javelin in order to be able to kind of go into like sort of flying mode uh, is not that super fast. It's, it took like I had to do a lot more running and jumping in order to be able to kind of get to the mission area. And unfortunately, the game feels like it kind of punishes you because if you're out of the if you're out of range of the mission area too too much, while I applaud the feature where it tries to be able to kind of jump you back into the into the action. Unfortunately, it doesn't give you enough time that if you're close, that it will sort of it, 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 like if I'm close and I can sort of I can see my squad up ahead. But if I had like five seconds left and I know I can't be able to reach five seconds, it actually jumps back out to a loading air to a loading screen and then tries to jump you back into the mission area. And sometimes it actually kind of jumps you back further than you were previously. So I don't know if that just sort of that was again a bug, but it was it was annoying enough that I felt like yeah, like the game was punishing me because I couldn't I wasn't fast enough uh, to be able to jump in with my squad. And I don't know if maybe that was just the squad or the game itself, but um, it was something that was kind of uh, rough for me. And I also found that my javelin, while great when I'm sure I'm actually like kind of when I actually get into the mission area and actually in like shooting enemies, I kept dying a lot. And while my squad sometimes would revive me, I felt like I was kind of bringing the squad down because I kept dying a lot. And I, w I was sort of trying to figure things out and figuring out the controls that it, I felt like I was hindering the, the, the squad and uh, my disability essentially got in the way. And I wasn't really, I wasn't really happy with that. Um, I found it rather difficult to know the weak spots of enemies too. Especially with like, I kind of felt it, pardon the pun, I felt like I was firing blind. Uh, so... Whereas, in, in, like, say, for instance, in Destiny 2, you can kind of tell where to be able to shoot, to be able to, that has the most amount of impact, because you can sort of see the damage that's being done, and then it would highlight yellow when you're getting critical damage. So I knew, okay, in this enemy, it's better to shoot the eye or shoot the the, the, the sort of the, the core that's in the middle of their body as comparison to other things. Whereas in, in Anthem, I couldn't tell where to shoot, so I was sort of shooting, trying to feel to figure out sort of like the way to go and by the, by I was as I was figuring that out they're also the enemies are also shooting me and I kept dying a lot so I didn't feel like I was able to learn fast enough to be able to know where when to shoot and I also felt like that I was wasn't really powerful enough and that's the problem with the demo is that it jumped you in at level 10 and it sort of expects you to oh you're supposed to know sort of how your javelin works and how and the, sort of the the controls and everything and I kind of felt like that was a disservice to the demo because I didn't know what to do half the time when I was able to play. Uh, so it was kind of, it was kind of disappointing. And my overall kind of uh, feelings on, on Anthem 
Um, accessibility features or lack of thereof aside. I can get it. I understand it. It's not something that um, that obviously was a priority for them to be able to kind of add in. Although I I would have uh, would have loved for them to be able to do that. Um, I felt uh, I felt that it's a game that I uh, basically overall I am not sure I'm going to be able to pick up. I'm not sure I'm actually going to be able to play, even though I have a pre order for it. Unless the the story is just that good that it makes me want to jump in or I find some friends who are actually like playing at them uh, regularly that I can be able to kind of jump in with them. I think that probably would make the game a little bit better. But as of right now, whereas I was excited to play Anthem right now, I'm kind of a wait and see and I'm not too sure. Um, so, I mean, I have the pre-order. I have it set aside for me at, at EB Games if I want to jump in and playing it. Um, but I'm going to have to wait and see what the reviews are like and whether or not the story is worth uh, jumping into. Um, but So that was that demo experience. Jumping into The Division 2, I have to clarify, if you didn't catch it before, I did consult with Ubisoft uh, in regards to accessibility. I did not consult with this particular game. Uh, this game was already kind of in development when I uh, went to Ubisoft in Montreal to be able to kind of talk to them about it. Um, so this game, I did not have any uh, impact on or any uh, suggestions made for it. I did not see this game previously. I knew it was coming out and I knew it was on their uh, sort of the roster of games that they were working on, but I did not have uh, any any sort of impact on it. Uh, but I also wanted to declare that essentially that, yes, I, I have... Cons like I did consult with them they are they 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 uh they have given me codes for games to be able to play um and so that's just a disclaimer hopefully that covers all my bases uh other unicorn says I'm with you on anthem wait and see before I buy it no I like yeah I, I agree um so the division two if you didn't catch actually my Twitch stream, um, I did I, when the d private beta started. Uh, if you can actually go into the archive, you can actually be able to see my uh, my playthrough of it. I started from the beginning and kind of jumped uh, and can try to be able to kind of do a couple missions in, a in the first couple hours that I played it. Um, one thing that was sort of apparent that in comparison to Anthem was that Ubisoft, or at least the team at Ubisoft put a lot of emphasis on accessibility and it's that is apparent when especially like right off the like right at the very beginning there's an accessibility menu before you jump into the game itself and some games have done this marvel spider-man being one uh even going back a little bit further uncharted 4 had that option uh built in uh including actually i think the last of us had a little bit of a, an accessibility option before you actually jump into the game itself and i don't mind when games sort of jumping into the action right away but when you're not offering an accessibility option to see if uh, to be able to kind of uh, adjust to someone's play style especially when they're like uh, ha like uh, have a disability it's kind of doing a disservice to the player and uh, like it, it it basically makes that dramatic moment when you're jumping into the action right away uh less of an impact because uh it was a lot difficult for us to be able to play whereas in division 2 it actually um it actually had an accessibility menu right away the fir uh, the first thing that i noticed and i had all the feels <laughs> all the feels when i saw this was it had the option to turn on large like text size in the menus. I have not seen any game do that ever. And that's been something that I've been wanting in games for a long time. 
Uh, I always felt like while the gameplay the t and the subtitles, while great in a lot of games, uh, they're usually pretty, uh, like, the, the, with a few exceptions, there are, like, it's a, a, the text size is actually pretty large for me to be able to see. This actually gave you the option to uh, increase the font size in the menu, and I was so happy about that. Uh, like in the difference between the two, between like a normal size and the large size, was so significant that normally when I'm actually being uh, like playing a game, I have to sort of get up and lean in in order for me to be able to see. And it's rather like it's it's difficult just to kind, of, especially when you're having to be able to kind of jump in uh, really quickly and, and actually do things rather quickly. But the fact that they had that ability right right off the hop, I was so happy with. Uh, another uh, option they had that I hadn't really seen uh, adopted before was also there was a narrator text-to-speech option for the menus as well. And um, so there's a, uh, there's an, uh, an acquaintance of mine. Uh, he goes by the name of Sightless Combat on, uh, on Twitter and Combat with a K. Um, he is actually really well known. Uh, you may have seen a few stories that kind of pop up on Kentaku about him where he actually plays... Uh, like like uh, Gears of War, uh, he's actually been playing Gears of War four, and he's completely blind. Uh, and he's actually able to use sound to be able to play, and he actually do does pretty well. He's actually really good at uh, if there's if if your game has a really good sound option, he's able to figure that out and actually like do better than a lot of like uh, uh like normal sighted players. And he actually has a video that's on his uh, Twitter account that uh, that actually on he plays on an Xbox and actually shows him allowing him to be able to jump through the menus because it has a narrator text to speech. Uh, for myself, that kind of felt like that the volume was a little bit too low if I had to sort of nitpick about it. But the fact that that hat that option was there, I was so happy to be able to see. Um, also, the uh, font style uh, like. Uh, the, so that's in just regards to the menus, and when you actually jump into the game, the I found that if, I, I guess a kind of where the accessibility features sort of divert. Um, while I would love to have seen like a large text uh, like uh, across the board, um, it did not translate well into the HUD. Uh, there is no large HUD size that uh, font size that I that was able to find. Um, but one thing that I did find that was actually nice was it allowed to be able to, allowed you to be able to kind of rearrange the the HUD uh, to fit your your play style. Um, so it actually had sort of the mission like for me being able to see what uh, what I have to do next in the mission is is really important. But I don't like it when it's is at the top. Like or the, basically the top corner of the screen because I have to essentially like lean forward or lean out to the side in order to be able to see. But with uh, with the being able to rearrange the HUD, I was actually able to sort of move it down so that actually it's at sort of eye level of my character, so I can just quickly glance over, see what was on the uh, on the HUD, see what I had to do next, and then kind of get back into the action. Um, so while I wish that the font size within the HUD itself, or even in the hint menu, um, would have been, like, I wish it was a little bit bigger, or at least a, a, a large, uh, the same size as in the menu, I would have loved that, but uh, I was uh, I was able to kind of work around that without really too much of a hassle. Um, so I don't know if that's something that can be built uh, like with how quickly this game is going to be coming out in on March fifteenth. I don't know if that's something they can build to kind of uh, adopt. But uh, that's one sort of like nitpick I have about uh, about the HUD itself. 
Another thing they actually they, they had, uh, and I forgot to put kind of, uh, I, I'm looking at my notes and I forgot to put this into the actual menu itself. They had a high contrast menu mode. So a lot of the menu actually in, in Division 2 sort of had this sort of like transparent, uh, like opaqueness to it, where you can see it, but also like has a bit of the environment uh, in behind uh, the the menu items itself, but you can actually be able to turn high contrast mode on, and it made it like super bright, and also it turned off the opaqueness, so uh, the transparency, so it actually it was very opaque, and I was able to see that even better um, than uh, than with, without it. So I, I had that turned on quite uh, quite a bit, and it was I really enjoyed that. Um, I loved in a weird way. So when I'm playing games. It's hard for me to be able to see the health bar and how much ammo I have left because they the gamer or developers usually relegate that to the bottom or the top like corners of the screen. While fine because it sort of like like makes the HUD a little bit more minimal. It's rather difficult for me to be able to kind of quickly look up, see how much health or ammo I have left, and then go back into the action. Um, but what I found was nice about the Division Two was that the health and ammo was attached to your player so anytime you move around it was almost like the kind of like that after, like sort of like that after effects effect where you can like you see like a video where the text kind of moves with the player itself it had that sort of uh, functionality to it and it was really cool to see because i could just quick like very quickly look okay i'm low on health load up uh, start uh, start health, healing myself or reload my gun because i can see like i can see how much ammo i have left and it was really nice. And I, I, even though the font size I wish was a little bit bigger, it was a lot easier for me to be able to see and play and look at it at a glance without having to die all of a sudden because I didn't realize that I was like really, really super low on health. Um, so I applaud uh, Ubisoft. It, like it, even though I pr they probably did that to make it look cool. In a way, it's sort of like one of those. It's an accidental accessibility feature that they probably didn't realize. Um, uh, oh, thank you so much. I, uh, I, uh, I, B, I, B, D, A, bloke. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, 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 sorry, I pronounced the name. Thank you so much for the follow. I really, uh, appreciate it. Those watching the Twitch stream, I, I like to shout out to the people who have been following me. Um, anyway, so back into sort of division two, uh, accessibility stuff. Um, so with that being said, there's a few tiny nitpicks about the game. Um, enemies were really hard to spot. Because this game relies so much on uh, the uh, essentially the duck and cover or the run and cover uh, type like shooting mechanic, which is fine. And and when I played the Division One, that took me a little bit to get used to because I'm so used to sort of just running and gunning. Uh, but uh, taking cover, uh, it was hard for me to be able to kind of figure out which cover to take because I don't know whether or not there's going to be enemies going to be coming from the side. Uh, and or in behind me, so I'm I'm always kind of like trying to run and like and, and be quick so that the enemies don't can't get a jump on me. But if I try to cover, even though I'm like very slowly kind of be able to try to figure out okay where where look okay, I'm aiming 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 shoot oh shoot there's a guy behind me oh quick I gotta get out and then it just Division One was very difficult to be able to kind of uh, really get into that. Whereas Division Two, even though it kind of keeps that same mechanic, uh, the enemies were still hard to see. The only way I can be able to know where that enemy was again was the health bar was right above their heads however if you if you're sort of if you don't if you don't see the health bar and, and you but you can kind of spot an enemy there's like this little tiny red triangle that's above their heads that if you if you look closely you can see it 
but for me, it was a little bit too small. If that little triangle was a little bit bigger, then it would make it a little bit easier for me to be able to spot the enemies, um, especially those that are like kind of running specifically. Like, I don't know what it was. It was like these like these kind of weird sort of enemy uh, enemies that would just constantly be running and just like coming at you and, and just trying to be able to like uh, melee you to death. Uh, while And that was always annoying because it's like, I'm covering, I'm looking, I'm, I'm, I'm shooting, I'm shooting, I'm shooting. Then all of a sudden, oh crap, there's a guy behind me. Ah, and then you have to get out of cover and then you have to try, try to be able to shoot before they actually kind of get, like get a bunch of shot in or like shots in. And it was, it, 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 it took a little bit to get used to, but what I liked about it, uh, at least accessibility wise, was that I can always tell when that character was going to be coming towards me because there's just like this innate scream that they have that it's like, uh oh, oh shoot. Okay. I can hear it. Okay. Find a bit of cover back away or find a different spot so that I can be able to see where that enemy is going to be coming. So that like, it didn't help all the time. Uh, especially when I'm kind of like just really running and gunning it, but it was enough for me to be able to kind of like, okay, realize, okay, there's something, there, there's 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 going to be enemies that are going to be on me in a second that I'm going to need to find some better cover or at least a better way to be able to kind of fi find them first and shoot them first before they get to me. Um, so uh, let's see, let's take a look at my notes, especially when having to shoot, yep, from distance knowing where, oh, also, if you watch my Twitch stream, you probably saw that there was this one particular like mission and you get to the very end of it and there's this boss that you have to shoot. And it mostly, it's like, it, 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 it they say, it, there's a little bit of dialogue that says, aim for the ammo pack or the ammo belt or the armor belt. I couldn't, I couldn't tell hundred percent half the time. Like I, I think it was armor or ammo belt, whatever. Um, but you, and they distinguish that boss as with a different health bar. It's a yellow health bar, which I assume in the game means that he's shielded or has a bunch of armor on, um, which is sort of why I, got, I think it says armor or ammo belt. And if you watch that stream, I was getting really frustrated with being able to play it because um, I was I was I was trying to be able to shoot down all. The, there's there's a there's a wave of enemies that you have to defeat, including a, like a little mini boss that you have to, sh to defeat, and then the boss comes out, and then there's another wave of enemies that you have to be able to defeat. And so my usual sort of mo is to shoot all the that wave of enemies first, so that literally the only the boss is left. But the boss kind of keeps following you around, and because they say shoot for the am uh, the ammo or armor belt. Uh, and I ha and I'm one that I have to I per like I have to shoot from a distance. It was hard for me to be able to aim properly because the enemy was too small for me to be able to like see. And because of the recoil of the of the weapon and and just where I was aiming at, it felt like I was doing zero impact uh, in order to be able to shoot this guy down. And it took me probably about two. I want to say like maybe an hour, an hour and a half to try to be able to defeat it. Like if, if, if for those who have played the demo, essentially it went through a whole day cycle in the game to, to for me to be able to like get even to the point where I was actually like able to defeat him. And I actually had to end the stream early because I just was getting frustrated and I couldn't be able to get past it. I did go back into it later. And uh, once I kind of like rested and the fatigue hadn't really set in and I was able to defeat it, but I don't know if I defeated uh, that enemy by myself. I think it was either, just some lucky shots or the uh, NPC or the NPC character that was with me was getting some good shots in. Um, but I was finally able to defeat it within about two tries. Uh, so it could be just, I was lucky. I have no idea. Um, but it, it was just because of the distance, it was just hard for me to be able to, to see. Um, jumping off of that, I want to like the map was absolutely gorgeous in this game. Uh, it, it, it sort of kind of sets it up in a way 
don't know if you ever seen any movies where you have like the the uh, there's there's like this if you see any like it's kind of like almost like a Game of Thrones where you see the map of the layout of of your world or your city or your care or your level and you have like these little mini figures that sort of show where the uh, your your enemies are or where your uh, uh, troops are on the map um and the division 2 actually kind of adds that sort of feature to the game so it has like this map has sort of like a 3d like kind of google maps effect to it where you can kind of see how tall buildings are but also kind of has like this little figure that uh, of your character to show you exactly where you are on the map and i actually found that really cool and really intuitive to be able to see it's separated enough from the background and the icons for all the different areas to be able to kind of go to whether it was a mission area or just kind of like a little skirmish you can really get to get to or your safe house or your whatever what it was the icons were really bright and really large for me to be able to see kind of at a distance i haven't really jumped like get any got any further into the map so i don't know how well that that map translates when you're kind of zoomed out and you and you're kind of all over DC, um, but I found that that map was actually really easy, and I kind of used it quite a bit uh, in order to be able to kind of know where I was going next or looking into um, uh, into sort of like kind of where I was uh, and just in relation to the city itself. Um, the only thing that I found that the map wasn't really super great was was the GPS. Uh, sort of tracking system if you were like okay you you locked onto a certain uh mission uh icon on the map and you can sort of see like this little this line that kind of like directs you where to go i felt that line was a little bit too faint or too thin to be able to see so i would be constantly turning my character in in the environment or the camera in the environment to kind of like maybe like see if maybe that little line would kind of like blend up with the environment enough so I'm like oh okay i see where that's where i need to go and i had to kind of almost consult the map a little bit more in order to be able to actually uh, see if I was going in the right direction or not. Um, so I found that that was a little bit difficult to see, but um, I, I was, once I adapted to it, it was a lot uh, more easier for me to be able to, to enjoy. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, and then the actual gameplay itself uh, was actually a lot of fun. I enjoyed sort of the story aspect. And I enjoyed this division, uh, the first one, uh, that story aspect and sort of like the money virus or the dollar virus and uh, kind of like you're in New York. Uh, I didn't really jump into the dark zone areas uh, in division two and, or even the division one. So I don't know how well that is in regards to sort of PVP slash PVE. And I know that in division two, they do dark zones a little bit differently uh, this time around where there's like different areas where it allows, like it allows, makes it a little bit more accessible not just for like accessible for sort of like regular casual players to be able to jump into the dark zone. Uh, and I know that the, um, uh, that they've kind of tweaked that a bit. So I'm interested to see how that goes. once I just kind of jump into the game, um, and hopefully I can be able to jump back in, into the open, excuse me, into the open beta on March 1st. So March 1st, the fourth, that weekend, you can kind of jump back in and then the full game comes out March 15th. Um, speaking of March 15th, I probably will be actually talking about the uh, division two more, uh, when I uh, jump in on kind of funny games daily, uh, which I'm excited to be able to jump in again. I don't know who's going to be co-hosting with me. It's more than likely going to be Greg Miller. Uh, but I will be, uh, at uh, kind of funny on March 15th on kind of funny games daily. So, uh, make sure you tune in to, uh, twitch.tv slash kind of funny games to be able to watch my appearance on that. And more than likely we'll probably be talking about division two because it comes out that day. Uh, so I'm excited about now, as far as kind of like just an overall feeling I have about Anthem and Division 2, 
I know that I really kind of dove into the accessibility features that I liked in regards to Division 2, and I know I jumped in sort of the negative aspects of Anthem um, with accessibility and just sort of the gameplay. Here's the thing. I like the, the worlds of both. I, again, jumping back, like, I love Bioware. I love their world-building skills, and I love their storytelling. So that's what makes me really excited to be able to kind of to jump into it. I am still a wait-and-see about that game, but with The Division 2... I felt, I don't know, maybe it was just sort of the separation of being away from New York um, and jumping into Washington, D.C. Like, the fact is, okay, the, the, what really, like, was like, ooh, this is really, really cool. Your base of operations in the Division 2 is the White House. Yeah. I'm like, like, that to me was like, oh, I'm excited. And here's the thing. I've never seen the White House in person. Of course, I've seen it in a bunch of photos and, and movies and stuff like that. I don't know how it is. I mean, I know I don't know if T is, is still watching. He lives in D.C., so he knows, and he, and he works for the government. <laughs> so I don't know uh, whether or not I like uh, how uh, like how excited that would be to be able to kind of have their base of operations as the White House. But I thought that that was really, really cool. And I don't know. The, the story aspect of this game kind of makes me want to like it, it jump in and sort of like figure, like understand the lore and the storytelling of this game. So uh, I'm excited for the storytelling for both games. As far as gameplay is concerned, I like The Division 2 more. Uh, and I'm not saying that because, again, I, I consulted with Ubisoft. I they they respect my opinion, even if it uh, if they think it's a negative one. Uh, and I know that probably they're watch uh, some of the people who are at Ubisoft team are watching this. Hello, hi, good to see you, good to talk to you. Um, and but I found that I enjoyed my time in the Division Two more than I did in Anthem, uh, and that's sad for me to say. Uh, it just and I hate to kind of bash on a game like that, especially Anthem. Um, it has its it has its benefits. Uh, like I said, the story I'm really looking forward to the uh, uh the gameplay aspect, the fact you can kind of be almost Iron Man in this game is is really cool in and of itself, and it has like a Destiny Two vibe. Um, I I I really really want to jump in. Um, but uh, it's it's it. Yeah, no, I have to give it to the Division Two. I'm sort of, I, I just went through a mini debate in my head. I'm like, okay, I'm going through the pros and cons of both in my head. Storytelling, while both great, it's just the gameplay that it, I got to give it to the Division Two, um, and that's sort of where where that uh, where that goes. Um, oh, <laughs> of course. And as 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 it turns out, one of the Ubisoft representatives is in the chat right now. <laughs> Thank you, David. Thanks so much for these. Thanks so much for the kind words, but also for the feedback. That's super useful to us. I appreciate it. See, Ubisoft gets it. <laughs> oh man, uh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And I, uh, I am recording this, so I, can, I and I will be able to share it. Well, uh, that'll go up actually later on this afternoon. Um, so yes, I am. St if like, uh, wow, I, I just that just kind of threw me off for a little bit. But yes, no, I have to give it to, to Division Two. I was really impressed with how it uh, with how it worked, um, and. Um, uh, I, I'm excited to be able to jump into that. Um, will I jump into both? Probably more than likely. Um, but I'm still going to wait and see for Anthem, but I'm definitely going to jump in hundred percent on day one on the division two. 
so that's all I kind of had to talk about today. Um, I'm kind of uh, ending this podcast now, and I, I, I'm jumping into the swing of things with this. I'm, I'm streaming, uh, doing something new with streaming this. Uh, if you if you watch this, if you like this, uh, give me a shout um, on on Twitch or twitch.tv slash blindgamersteve or at Steve Saylor on Twitter. I uh, would really like to know what you think. Um, and if you're listening to this on podcast the services, if you don't know, I'm, I actually do like do st- uh, stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash blindgamersteve. And also, everything that I do uh, is always going to be on youtube.com slash snowball. Um, so if you follow, subscribe to me on that because uh, I probably will put this actually this podcast up on there as recorded archive of it. Um, so we'll uh, I'll see how it goes. Hopefully it works out great. Um, wow, this ending is kind of all over the place. But uh, thank you so much for uh, for for watching. I, uh, I like I said, follow me at Steve Saylor on Twitter and on Instagram, YouTube.com/snowball, or follow me slash subscribe on Twitch.tv/blindgamersteve. You'll be helping me out a lot. And uh, so that's it for me. I don't know when I'm going to be uh, coming back as far as uh, like uh, next episode. I'm going to try to be able to kind of get back into a regular uh, uh, basis. But um, uh, I will uh, I will be kind of uh, jumping back into uh, definitely streaming this. I really enjoyed streaming this uh, on Twitch. Um, so thank you so much uh, for watching. As always, I remain obediently yours.